Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hello, and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Connor McKenna, and I'm on my own this week. So, yeah, uh, Carl's sick, and I'm not covering Power Man and Iron Fist 10, the new issue, because I want to cover that with Carl. I know we said we'd have a one-year show coming up, but there's just been so much Iron this news out lately and I you know we're falling behind and I really want to clear this uh old series so yeah that means that today I'll just double check something first that means today that I will be covering Iron Fist 13 published in June 1977 is uh the title is uh, Target Iron Fist. He's back again, deadlier than ever. Boomerang, and back again. He was in Tales to Astonish before this. In the cover, we have Iron Fist with uh, one of his uh, his Iron Fist activated, and he's kicking a dude in the face. And Boomerang is like bursting through a bunch of crates, leaping at him. And there's another dude there. They're all fighting. It's a pretty good cover. I don't know who did the cover art because they, you know, don't really credit that a lot. I don't think it's Gil Kane. It might be, but I don't think it is. So, yeah. And it's written by Chris Claremont, John Byrne is the artist, Dan Atkins is the inker, Susan Fox is the letterer, and Severin, M. Severin, is the colorist, Archie Goodwin is the editor. And we start off with a nice full page of Iron Fist leaping over the railing at the docks with a very nice background of New York City and a warehouse. And it just looks really great. It really sets the mood. So Iron Fist is headed to the SS Balaclava, uh, which has come from London, so he can meet Alan... We all remember Alan, right? Danny's best friend ever. Yes, he's meeting him here because Alan requested to meet Iron Fist here. It's a bitter cold night. The wind is brutal as it slices off the harbour. At a night any sane man would be at home curled up with his lady love in front of a flaming heart. But then whoever said superheroes were sane? So Iron Fist arrives on the boat and he can't see Alan. And then Misty shows up, who, it ends up she insisted going with him because she doesn't want to leave him alone at this really suspicious kind of meeting. And she also needs his advice on a job. Uh, DA Tower wants her to go undercover to try and get the goods on a certain big-time operator. Anyone else who's tried to infiltrate his mob has ended up dead. So, Misty's pretty much saying, she's not sure if she wants the job, then lights flash on, and it's a trap. And Boomerang comes out, launching in between them. Kind of looks like he's flying, he's not. And scatters them. 
And he says, Mister, you don't know the half of it. The name is Boomerang. Boomerang previously appeared in Tales to Astonish 81 to 84 and 86 to 88. He's a contract killer and Iron Fists, and his first target is Iron Fist. So he's just started contract killing, I guess. But yeah, it's a the, the art is uh, really good so far, as to be expected. It is John Byrne. The way Misty looks is like you know very good. The hat, the shadows. Carl wanted me to point out a water tower here, which we have not reached yet, so he can rest easy. So Iron Fist gets knocked off the boat. And it shows him doing some acrobatic maneuvers to just kind of break his fall. And uh, luckily the thick snow cushion is landing on the crate. You know, it's a nice uh, John Byrne panel of like the different movements Iron Fist does mid-air to land safely. And Boomerang goes, not bad, Cobber. You're a fair dinkum acrobat. Pity all your Bruce Lee stunts don't mean a thing against me or my Shatterangs. As an Australian, I find this racist and offensive. I'm kidding. But it's like typical, uh, let's write an Australian guy, and he's just super exaggerated. Like, I mean, you know, we, we have this guy and Captain Kangaroo. Come on, Marvel. I thought you guys were about diversity. Give us someone good. Captain Kangaroo, really? Whatever. Yeah, no, he, he grew up with kangaroos, by the way. I'm not even joking. It's, it's unfortunate. And, uh, yeah, his shatterangs are explosive boomerangs. Yeah. And Misty is up on the deck, and uh, goons are firing at her with uh, SMGs. And they're after Iron Fist and Allen. And no one else, the goon mentions. They said to take it easy with Misty. And we go back to Iron Fist, who is still fighting Boomerang. Boomerang throws more Boomerangs. Boomerang mentions that he has waited so long, he doesn't want to muck this contract up. He spent months healing after the Hulk nearly killed him. Years training, his body improving his Boomerangs. And that was in Tales to Astonish 88. Thank you, Archie. Until he was finally ready to take his true place among the ranks of the world's greatest supervillains. And I just points out, this guy is crazy, but his skill with those boomerangs is incredible. And there's, you know, this is all pretty nice art, I guess. You'd have to see for yourself, there's only so much I can describe it. A bit of Iron Fist dodging all the boomerangs. And he has a boomerang rigged for every occasion, apparently. Explosives, gas, sonics. And he has boot jets. Yes, he is evading Iron Fist with boot jets, which is making the fight quite difficult because he's essentially just taking pot shots at him uh, with pretty good accuracy while he's flying around on his little boot jets. And <laughs> this part made me laugh, so... This is Boomerang talking, and my ambidextrous throwing skills can place these little beauties wherever I wish with flawless accuracy. A single Boomerang, Iron Fist thinks, should be no problem to dodge. No! It's changing course mid-flight, like every Boomerang does. And he's twisted right into it, and he gets hit in the head. 
Yeah, and then Boomerang goes, see what I mean? Had that been one of my specials, you would have been very dead now. It would have been your own fault. Well, I'm guessing you did. I'm guessing you're hoping you did do use one of those specials, Boomerang. Um, so Iron Fist uh, uh, takes advantage of Boomerang's overconfidence, who's lowered himself, and dives into Boomerang and punches him in the head. And Iron Fist is, attempts to interrogate him and up by asking what he's done with Alan, but then Boomerang just uh, uses his boot jets and just boots Iron Fist away into the water. And Misty see this and she's like, Iron Fist! And she's searching the water for him. And yeah, in that instant, all else, the gunman, her police training, is forgotten as Misty sprints for the seaward rail, one thought, one fear, uppermost in her mind. And lucky for Misty, she doesn't seem to get shot to hell when she just does this. But, and it ends with a shot with the water, which looks quite cold. It does look quite cold. And then we go to an interlude. Meacham Manor. 500 acres of prime property lining Long Island. Lining Long Island Sound? Whatever. An isolated place, though it's less than an hour's drive from Manhattan. It's been Ward Meacham's base of operation for nearly ten years. And tonight it's become his fortress. And he, uh, Ward seems to have his goons setting up a huge barricade to his front door. And uh, one of his goons says, It'd take a Sherman tank to burst through that barricade then the cow a tank or a very special man and we see a man we only know as Davos bodyguards are joined Meacham Ward Meacham I have come for you and Ward goes stop him you fools he's only one man kill him and Ward is just beating the snot out of all his goons hmm you still, Davos still looks uh, a bit odd, but it, I mean, he looks fine. He doesn't look white, I think, anymore. I mean, he looks white in terms of skin tone, but like facially, he doesn't. I don't know. This is why it'd be good if Carl was here. He looks better than he did before. Then again, did he look bad before? He didn't look bad before. Oh god, I'm confused. This is why we need Carl. Okay. Damn it, Carl. And anyway, he's making mincemeat out of his best men without even breaking a sweat. And Ward runs into his office. And yeah, he's Ward says he's been expecting trouble ever since that fool Chucker revealed his criminal connections last summer, which was in Iron Fist 9 and 10. But he thought he could handle anything Joy or the law could throw at him. It seems he seriously underestimated his niece. Now, if you remember, Joy Meacham wasn't too impressed when she found out the level of Ward Meacham's depravity, evilness, and uh, criminal connections. Not to say Joy Meacham's not a bad egg, but, you know, she is... Yeah. I guess she's hired Davos out of... Because uh... she still thinks Iron Fist is a killer, and she's still not a fan of Iron Fist, because, well, her dad died, and that's pretty personal, and I can't blame her for thinking irrationally. Although, knowing me, I probably have blamed her before in this podcast. But, whatever. So, 
Davos delivers a nice uppercut toward Meacham. And he says... And Davos says... While he dodges the bullets that Ward Meacham's shooting at him. Kind of wild, but... Yeah. So, Davos states, You have two alternatives. Either withdraw completely from the affairs of Meacham, Inc. In a word, disappear, or die now. But it isn't safe to leave here. I have enemies who will hunt me down. That's not my problem, is it? You've got no choice, Meacham. Because with this night's my work... With this night's work, my debt to Joy Meacham is paid. And the day of my revenge against Wendell Rankai. And the thrice-cursed city of Kunlun is at hand. Hear me, Iron Fist. Prosper well in these last days of your life. For on the anniversary of your coming of age as a warrior, I will kill you. Yes, I could have delivered that better, but I don't want to scream into my microphone. Because it's not a very good microphone. It sound... It probably... I don't know. But, you know, I would love to do... Some theatre like uh an audio drama where I get to play Davos. That would be great. I'm kidding. Oh am I doing an audio drama though? Anyway. Uh we get a close up of Davos's face here. He's got a big nasty scar running down past his eye, down to his cheek. And we have heard that he has it out for Iron Fist before. Like, he definitely is interested in, like, just beating the crap out of Iron Fist. But I think this is the first time we've heard Davos mention Iron Fist's dad, Wendell Rand, and maybe the city of Kunlun. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure you guys will, but I'm pretty sure... Yeah, this is definitely the first time, I think, that he's mentioned Wendell Rand. So we're starting to finally get somewhere with Davos after... Because he hasn't been around for a while. He's just... He's been this background figure since... Ah, oh, since very early. In fact, I'll look it up right now. Because he's been lurking around since the Master Khan days. Let's see, no, I don't want the... No, no, Davos Iron Fist. Yeah, he's been... Well, he's been looking around since Iron Fist 1. So the first issue after the Marvel premiere run. Um, so, yeah. Then we cut... And uh, as he's saying he will kill him, he's ripped open his shirt a bit. And... You can see a sort of... You can see a tattoo. Which kind of resembles a dragon tattoo, but without the wings. Uh, it's from a distance, though. And it's really nice... It's the artwork all here is really great. Like Ward Meacham's begging face, Davos's face, Davos's pose with the moon in the background, like directly behind him, because Ward ran outside when he was running from uh, Davos. So I probably should have mentioned that there in the snow. But yeah, anyway, back to the docks. They're quiet now. The sounds of the brief firefight have long faded. The battle was reported to the first precinct, but no car investigated the call. With all the budget cuts, there simply weren't enough to go around. That's why you call Spider-Man. No. And leaving people to fend for themselves to fight their own battles and survive, if they can. Thanks, police. Bang up job. Thanks, DA Tower. Jerk. And we have Iron Fist. His hand reaching out of the water and going onto the... 
slimy ladder climbing up and my great four panels right there and Misty goes Danny and she thought he'd been washed out to seed and Danny's just like I'm cold and he's shivering badly and he's stuttering as he talks and he asks Misty where Boomerang is and she says they split as soon as they thought he was dead oh I skipped a page there and Misty hugs Danny and she seems like overly concerned for his welfare she's like you have no idea what that means to me that you're alive and then Danny asks why didn't they try to get you too Misty goes they tried but when I went for cover on the pier one of the gunmen said they couldn't waste the time to find me something about falling behind schedule Danny says Bet that means Alan is still alive. And if he is, I've got to try saving him. Misty goes, You're joking, I've seen your friends, Interpol file, Danny. He's a terrorist, a bomber, a murderer. Even if no one can make the charge stick. And if his own people want him dead, more power to them. And this is where I start arguing. Danny retorts, How can you say that? What's Alan ever done to you to make you feel this way about him? Misty goes, he's done this, maybe not him personally, but someone like him, clans with bombs who thinks the end justify the means. And the bigger the body count, the bigger the headline. One of his kind cost me my right arm, cost other people their lives. And I'm damned if I'm going to live a finger to save that scum's life. Danny says, pretty much tough, and he's not like that. He's decent, tormented, living in his own private hell. He regrets everything he's done. A man who is his friend, and if that isn't good enough for you, then maybe I'm not good enough either. And Misty thinks, oh, Danny, don't. That's laying things on the line for sure, pal, but if that's the way it's got to be, then maybe you aren't. I'm taking the tower's assignment, Danny, and if I never see you again, it'll be too soon. And she storms off. Typical, abrasive, emotional Misty. I'm sure Rebecca's yelling at me right now. And, yeah, so they argue. I mean, I can... Obviously, Misty is pretty touchy about bombers, because A, she used to be a cop, and B, her arm got blown off by a bomber, so... Plus, Alan did, yeah, he did used to work for the IRA. And he did, like, he did set bombs. And then when the bomb killed all the innocent civilians, he was like, oh. It's like, Alan, did you not realize that... Uh, I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to get into IRA politics. It's been years. We don't need to dig up that. Anyway, so Iron Fist, you head uptown, Iron Fist. All thoughts of Misty pushed out of your mind as you reach police headquarters and Lieutenant Raphael Scarf. With his help, you find a few paltry leads. All you can do now is run them down and hope for the best. And there's a great panel here of Iron Fist's silhouette. Not silhouette, like a very shadowy Iron Fist. Uh, the top of his head. And like a black line and then it like shatters at the end. It's kind of hard to describe, but... I'm assuming most of you read this issue or are reading along, so you'll know what I mean. Lead number four. So it takes Iron Fist four tries. A derelict ferry plying its trade between Brooklyn and Manhattan Island. Pay dirt. And they're all waiting around Alan. And because they haven't killed him yet because they're waiting to send him off in the traditional manner. Shot at dawn like the traitor you are. So pretty much execution at dawn. And Alan says, he's not a traitor, he's just had enough. You know the oath, once in, never out. You took that oath, boyo. And it's a shame, Alan, you were the best. That's why he left you a long, 
alone so long that you hoped you'd come back. But you didn't. You've taken care of your superior pal, traitor, and in a few minutes will be taking care of you. And at this point, I just bursts through the ceiling glass. Somehow. Maybe you kick through it? I don't know. Correction, gentlemen. You'll be taking care All you'll be taking care of for the next few years will be the manufacture of license plates in a New York prison. And they're like, oh, we saw Iron Fist drown. It's like, well, no. You saw him go into the water, but he, like, hit your dingus. And Iron Fist, with all his training, was able to stay under the water for quite some time because he lived in a frigid mountain environment over half his life. He got used to cold a long time ago, although he is a bit slow fighting Boomerang. He beats up the goons easily enough, and his timing is a fraction off. It's getting worse. After the fight with Boomerang, he pushed it to its limits. Now his body is starting to push back, but he can't afford to slow down while Boomerang's still conscious. He has to nail him before he gets a chance to recover. Oh, and he has razor-sharp boomerangs thrown in him. And then Iron Fist deflects them by hitting the edges that aren't razor-sharp. And they, you know, start fighting each other directly now. Iron Fist kicks him in the jaw, punches him in the face. And the Thunder Punch should have totaled him. But his concentration is too shaky. And yeah, he's pretty much getting sick now. I think he's got a cold from like being in the really dirty New York River for so long. And Boomerang notices Iron Fist swaying on his feet. He said he'd be a fool not to call him on the bluff. So, he launches up his jet boots, goes onto the deck. And he's covered all of the entrances onto the deck. But, he has miscalculated because Iron Fist has come out of nowhere and he's come out the side and launched into his spine. Now they're like awkwardly fighting midair and Iron Fist knocks him down onto the ground. And Boomerang goes, you fought a good fight here but here's where I take it all. And he pulls the Boomerang thing from his head, his mask, and he throws a rocket rank at him. It's the deadliest, it's Boomerang's deadliest weapon, his incomparable rocket rank. It's going from like a guarded missile and it's kind of glowing and it grows. It turns into like a big rocket that looks like a glider. It's really weird and it has some sort of magnetic field which holds Iron Fist to it, like flypaper. And apparently in 60 seconds it will blow up, taking Iron Fist with it. So it's so fast, it's tearing him apart. He couldn't survive a fall from that height if he smashed it, so he kind of twists his body and he just takes control of the rocket ring and he leads it back towards the ship. And he breaks free when he's close enough to the water and The facial expressions are priceless here. Boomerang, the two goons are horrified. My god, the rocket rang! And they know they can't defend themselves. And Alan goes, maybe the nightmare will now end. And he's not horrified, he's just gritting his teeth. And then the ship blows up. Shakao! 
which is usually the sound Iron Fist's Iron Fist makes, but I digress. Big fiery explosion. And then we get back. Yeah, the fairy is gone. There is, seems to be nothing left alive. But it shows Danny pulling Alan up from the water. And the ship pulls them up. And there's paramedics on there. And yeah, uh, Alan sticks with his usual trait of just divulging his life story and personal information to complete strangers by praying he hopes they're not dead because he doesn't want any more blood on his conscience. Two years ago, you see Iron Fist, Pat and Tim were my closest friends. And they're the two goons that got him. And Iron Fist goes, he's drifting off to sleep. He should rest easy for a time until his nightmares come for him again. And the paramedic's like, he looks like he's had a rough time of things. And Iron Fist is like, yep, it's going to get a lot worse before it's done. Next issue, Iron Fist in Canada, a bizarre new supervillain and the deadliest, most terrifying menace of them all, Snowfire. So, I've missed Carl's water tower, and I'm sure he's quite cranky with me for that. So I'm going to go back and try find it. Where is Carl's water tower? I noticed it the first time. I haven't noticed it this time. Carl, Carl, Carl. Is that it there? No, no, no water towers. I really can't find Carl's water tower. Maybe I'm... Yeah, not there. Where is it? If I can't find it, Carl will just have to throttle me in his own time. Oh my god, where is it? You know what? It's a reference to Modesty Blaze, though. It's just a, just a comic strip featuring, like, her. And it's like a... It's a... It's a yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of Modesty Blaze before. Um, yeah, it was a famous strip back in the 60s. Where's this water tower? Is it the right issue? I'm sure it's the right issue because I remember seeing it earlier. Uh, must be near the star. Let's see. Cannot, cannot see it. It's not where I think it would be either. This is crazy. This is crazy. I'm sorry, Carl. I can't find it. I can't make my listeners go through any more of this. So, yep, what did I think? It was a good issue. I was entertained. It was a good fight. Good art, which is, you know, um, I really like the interlude with Davos. I thought the art and that was great. Yeah, there's not much else to say. It was really good art, really action-packed. 
which is you know it's it's standard for this series like it's a good series so yeah um I don't have too much else uh, the next issue there'll be more to talk about I don't know that much because this issue was pretty much just fighting so there wasn't you know and we get Alan again which might be a blessing or a curse depending on who you are I don't mind Alan's well I don't know but yeah uh next issue will be an interesting one um Yeah, no, it was a good issue. I liked it. Yeah, so the art was really good at some points. Like, and it is John Byrne. I just wish it was consistently as detailed as it is in some of the panels. But I don't know if they have a time frame for this stuff. But you know, Gil Kane and stuff did consistently detailed art. I just kind of wish. I'm not. I'm not bagging on this art. Like the art is really, really good. It's just some of the, some of the backgrounds sometimes are a bit plain. When it comes to, uh this you know and uh Carl 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 loved the issue he thought it was great uh, he thought the art was great and I pretty much agree um yeah so that's it I uh, hope you guys enjoyed um yeah until next time may your fists come onto a thing of iron and peace Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney, and any music or images we use belong to their respective copyright holders, and we do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, send us anything you want really, even if it's not about Iron Fist, um, and if you don't want it read it on the air, just mention that. Um, you can also reach us at Facebook. The Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. Our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon with hyphens where the spaces are. Our YouTube, Connor Carl. Just search Iron Fist Podcast on YouTube and you'll find us real quick. And then there's our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, The Immortal Iron Fist Podcast.wordpress.com. We are also on iTunes. Feel free to rate us there if you rate us less than five stars. Well, just tell us what we're doing wrong and we'll try and improve that. And last but not least, we are on Podcast Garden in the literature section. And thanks to Thomas Tissot for the theme song at the start. And thanks. <laughs>